the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Hey, welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Yesterday, we had the NASDAQ up one-third of 1%, the S&P 500 flat, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average down a skosh. It was a little bit of a return of, let's wait and see what the U.S. is going to do with its debt default. Because even though on Saturday this weekend, this past weekend, uh, Biden and McCarthy hammered out a deal in tentative structure, now it's time to sell the deal to the Republicans and the Democrats by their respective leaders. There's a little bit of pushback on some of the congressional members onto the plan. Tesla was up 4% yesterday. Elon Musk is in China, and he's basically saying China and U.S. need to get along better. It's in my best interest. I mean, it's in the world's best interest, he said. he's He needs China. Um, we keep hearing about AI destroying the humanity. I'll be honest with you. This is not an area where I, I know a lot. But it is fun to hear people talk on CNBC about the threat of artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence become self-fulfilling, self-realizing. Um, really good podcast on artificial intelligence. If you're into podcasts, which I think you probably are. Most people, I think, have some exposure into the podcast world. Um, who was it? Let me see. I'm going to pull up my library real quick. Do, 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 do. Not daily. T- uh, oh, decoder. Um, if you go to just look for decoder and you'll see. Uh, Recode Media is the best one. Recode Media right now. Um, And it's hosted. Let me see if I can find the exact episode for you. Um, I don't have it right now in front of me. I'll take it up. Peter Kafka. Peter Kafka. Recode Media. And he talks with Google and Microsoft. And he, he does a long piece podcast, three parts on AI, if you don't know what it is or what it can do. It's pretty neat to see some of the applications. For instance, one man, and this is from Recode's podcast, he's created a platform to help people get out of speaking tickets. And you literally go into court with your phone and it hears what the judge is saying. It hears what the other lawyers are saying and it tells you how to respond. What I love about this is uh, English is my first language and pretty much so my only language. I would hate to go to court in Mexico and have to defend myself and say, you know, I wasn't speeding. I wouldn't know how to say it. So a lot of people who use his 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 app are English isn't their strongest language. and They have to go into American court systems. And it's helping them fight the legal system and fight for their legal rights. Now, he's also getting sued because, in theory, he's practicing law without a law degree. Um, but 
you can see where that is a pretty cool use of AI. Sam Altman, the founder of OpenAI, which made ChatGPT and Google DeepMind CEO uh, Demis Hassabis, as well as superstar AI researchers Jeffrey Hinton and Stuart Russell are among the big names who talk about mitigating the risk. Vermont AI should be a global priority so that we don't get a situation where the computer thinks the best idea is to throw nukes at Russia to lower the price of oil. And it just goes ahead and does it for us. That's not what we want it to do. Um, anyway, you should really be brushing up on AI and it's Recode. And it's Peter Kafka, who's the host. He does a really, really nice recent episode. Um, and it's a group of three episodes, so I should keep you handy. I felt a little bit bad yesterday looking at Elizabeth Holmes going to prison. I don't know why. Um, and maybe it's the racist thing. Maybe it's the woman thing. Maybe it's the mother thing. I don't know. Um, but she was a f- flat-out fraud. And she's admitted as much in a New York Times piece this year, which I think was really, really well-written. Um, but it was a puff piece. So it was well-written, but a puff piece. So it wasn't really hard. Like, do you feel bad for a fraud? And she deflected a lot of that. But she did say she made up her voice, which is just fascinating. What sort of psychopath do you have to be to make up a voice? It's like that thriller movie you saw five, ten years ago where the guy's in court in the last second. He's he's found innocent. And then he looks over at his lawyer and goes, I really did it. And you're like, ooh, goosebumps. Um. The war in Ukraine came to Moscow this week. Drones struck apartment buildings in Moscow in the first attack on residential neighborhoods in Russia's capital since the war began. Russia claimed Ukraine sent the drones. President Vladimir Putin threatened to retaliate with tit-for-tat measures. The bold attack on Moscow, which came after days of Russian bombardment of Ukraine's capital, Kiev, shows how Putin may have underestimated Newton's third law of motion when he invaded Ukraine. NVIDIA. It hit a $1 trillion market cap yesterday, joining a group of six. It's like that five-timer club on Saturday Night Live where you get a jacket. When you become a trillion-dollar company, you you get to rub elbows with Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, Tesla, Meta. Now, Tesla and Meta don't always hit hold that trillion-dollar threshold, but they hit it once. Um, what do those companies all have in common? They all dominate what they do. They all have a lot of eyeballs. They all have a lot of users. That's the most important thing to me when analyzing technology. Again, I'm going to repeat these names. I think these are who's who. When if they ever become uh, dysfunctional, disjointed, whenever they break down, I'm much more interested in Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, Tesla, Meta, NVIDIA. I added to my position last year in NVIDIA when it fell 50% from its all-time highs. I didn't think it was going to do it. But anytime you can get one of those names falling 10%, I think it becomes more interesting. 20%, I'm very interested. 30%, I'm starting to salivate. 40%, I'm salivating out of both sides of my mouth. And I'm, I'm looking a little crazy. NVIDIA co-founder and CEO Jensen Wong started a conversation that would lead him to create a computer processing powerhouse. 30 years ago, seemingly ridden every tech industry wave over the past few decades. Um, How is he doing it? He's pretty damn good. Now, is NVIDIA stock 
priced ahead of the AI curve it is. But like I said, there's a guy who came up with an app that helps people who don't speak English well in court cases. That's AI. Uh, Not only is it translating from English to Spanish, but it's also giving Spanish answers that are translated into English for a person, all in basically real time. Ulta Beauty said something kind of shocking in their conference call this week. I listen to as many conference calls as I can. Like, I'm one of those people who always have Apple AirPods in, even though I'm out of restaurant eating by myself. Ulta is going to put fragrances behind locked cabinets in 70% of their stores due to increase theft. 30. You've heard Target, you've heard Ulta, you've heard Walmart all talk about the shrink and people coming in and stealing, <clears throat> you know, 20 packages of lipsticks and selling them online. Tesla Model Y was the best-selling car worldwide in the first quarter. It's the first time a pure EV ever topped the global sales rankings. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Need a referral to Financial Planner? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. A lot of people are fascinated by what I do, which is kind of funny. Here's a word, I I, I guess, in Latin called veritas. And the word means truthfulness. It's considered one of the main virtues that any Roman should possess. The Greek goddess of truth is Aletheia. Um, But let's stay with the word veritas. There's a really cool website that if I'm looking for a TikTok time kill, and this is not TikTok, this is a YouTube channel. It's called Veritas and then IUM. So it's V-E-R-I-T-A-S-I-U-M. And it just shows really, really cool science and math problems. Um, I like it because it's kind of a college class where on a regular basis I get to see Math and math is obviously the underlying underpinning need for science. They posted a about a week ago a robot mouse, and you know the the mouse in the maze can't find the center. And it's a contest they do every year. And I'm just going to say, good of Veritas, and then I had IUM at the end, Veritasium. And it's a website that has elements of truth. And when you see the fastest math solving competition on earth, that's the mouse in the maze. A mouse in a maze can get to the middle only by going the distance, looking, figuring out angles, going some distance, looking, figuring out angles. And you're going to see where artificial intelligence is starting to blend with robotics. Veritas, IUM, Veritasium. I don't know how to say it. So it's a little bit of a, a pull for me, you know? Anyhow, and anyway, let's move forward. The odds of winning big in Vegas just went down as casinos look to get rid of deadbeats. I think this is worth bringing up. Las Vegas casinos are stacking the deck in their favor. If you were to play single hand blackjack, single deck, you could win more often than not if you play by the rules and you're well funded. Nevada's monthly gaming revenue exceeded $1 billion. 
So there's that. Casinos, casinos in the city raked in a record $8.3 billion in revenue from card games, slot machines, and other forms of table betting. They're pulling in the Oakland A's. They've got the Raiders. They've got a basketball franchise in the women's league. Got to be a matter of time before they have a men's team, I, I would imagine. But the advantage of playing blackjack when the payouts just changed from three to two to six to five, not very good. So at times I'll tell you, I like to play odds. I like to play statistics. I like that's why I like baseball. And if your home team wins, like the giants did three world series, you get kind of stoked and jacked about it when your kids are watching TV for the first time with their dad. But I am a math numbers guy. I'm more of a quant than I am um, a stock picker. If the numbers look right to me, that's why I like tech stocks that have 100 million users. I can work those numbers a lot easier in the favor of going up than going down. And again, that's just me. So there's my little Vegas story of the day for you. I, I won't do, I won't gamble anymore in Vegas until those odds loosen up and they try to attract dead beats like me. I know you're saying, you really don't like yourself, do you? Well, something on that. There's something there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. How about buying a car? This was 25 years ago when I started this show. I did, I did more stuff like buying versus leasing because that's where I was in my life. And ultimately, I came up with a buying a two-year-old car was the best for me. A lot of car buyers think that if you walk into a dealership at the end of the month, you're likely to get a better deal. They assume a dealer will want to get rid of as much inventory as possible to cap off that month's sales. That might have been somewhat true before the pandemic, but all aspects of car buying are never going to be normal post-COVID. And it's just not, it's just not the way to play the game now. The more cars sitting on dealership lots, the more likely they're willing to work with you. That's what I would pay attention to. If you're shopping for a new car, if you're thinking about a new car, see how many cars are on the lot. You're even more likely to get a better deal if you buy at the end of the year. When the calendar year is changing to the next year's model. Now, again, you might be stuck with the inventory that no one wanted in the first nine months of the year. Oh, that car is turquoise. Lovely. Pricing is likely to get better as the economic concerns continue. New and used vehicle prices have gone down pretty significantly from their pandemic highs. During that time, new vehicles were going for well over sticker price. Used vehicles were selling for far more than they're worth. I was offered more money on a four-year-old Toyota Tacoma uh, pickup than what I bought it for. Cars are finally going from below sticker price again for the first time in years, but the average transaction for a price of a new car still $48,275 in April. Electric vehicles are tougher to maintain in higher electricity prices when gasoline prices go down. Like There's some rules that you have to pay attention to. So when gasoline gets really expensive, everyone goes in and wants an EV. They're going to be priced for a premium. 
the gas gets really cheap. They can't move those vehicles as fast. Just know that the rules that you grew up with probably aren't the same as they are now. Probably not in any way, shape, and or form. Let's talk about what's working on Wall Street today and why. China's weaker than expected manufacturing. PMI is still in growth concerns. There's lingering concerns about Fed policy. And there's uncertainty on when will the debt ceiling deal get passed. It needs to pass this week. Uh, tonight at 8.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Pacific Time, might be the first time they do a vote. Just throwing that down there for you. Um, that's what's struggling on Wall Street, right? Or that's what is the battle on Wall Street. It's those three things. China. And Elon Musk is in China to try to set up a stronger relationship with China and the United States. Probably for his best interest, for sure. There's a lot of lingering concern about Fed policy. I do not think we get cuts this year unless we see massive unemployment between now and the end of the year. And I'll be honest with you, we're halfway through the year. Utilities, healthcare, and consumer staples support the slimmest losses today. Strength in communication services and IT. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Let's hope we get a debt ceiling deal done tonight. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. We're seeing the markets in the red today. Right now, the SP 500 is down 35 points, about 85 basis points, not quite 1%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down at about the same percentage-wise, which is interesting. And the NASDAQ is down 72 basis points, or less than 1%, about three-quarters of 1%. It's the debt ceiling deal. Will she love me, or will she love me not? As the days go by, we are starting to think, is this going to get done? Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare for briefing.com. Patrick, debt ceiling seems to be the guiding force on Wall Street right now. Am I wrong, or are you seeing anything else out there? Well, I think it's certainly the the popular item on the top of everyone's agenda here. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly gives the business media a lot to talk about, and people like me a lot to talk about. Um, but I would suggest there might be a little bit more going on that's more important at this juncture, because right. it's, you know, in our estimation, this uh, debt ceiling deal will ultimately get passed here. Uh, and they still have a little bit of uh, you know, rhetorical drama, if you will, uh, leading up to both the votes in the House and the Senate. Um, but, you know, I think it's, uh, it, as an aside, you know, the fact that this is a compromise deal um, uh, should be looked at, you know, frankly, in a healthy way. You know, I think we've been so locked into the partisan rancor for so long that, you know, we, we almost don't know what compromise looks like in terms of governing. And uh, obviously, you know, both sides didn't get entirely what they wanted, uh, but that's that's how you govern, you know, um, it's a, a big country, diverse viewpoints, and you have to find a middle ground. And, and so we hope anyway that, you know, this middle ground will be met with a positive vote, both the House and Senate. We do think it will. Um, but having said that, 
I think what's also um, starting to avail itself too are, are two other factors. One, you know, lingering growth concerns. Um, and then uh, another factor is simply just, you know, the outperformance of these mega cap stocks, which is, you know, introducing the idea that really that they're due for a pullback period here because they've been so overbought uh, on a short-term basis, filled with a, a ton of, you know, buying momentum, uh, certainly after the NVIDIA guidance. But um, but there's concern that, you know, because they, the leadership has been so narrow in terms of pacing the market cap weighted S&P 500 this year, that if these mega cap stocks pull back, then, you know, you'll see a, you know, perhaps a broader pullback from the broader market. Um, and I think that that's starting to filter in a little bit into, uh, into the, the, the narrative here. It used to be almost easy to say, ah, oh, when the debt ceiling's done, when the deal is struck, when it's signed, the ink is dry, that the stock market could have a demon unknown taken off the board, and now it's a demon known, and we could rally. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily feel like that this time, but I don't know. You can't live by these old habits, huh? <laughs> I would agree with you, Rob, that you know, doesn't this really feel that way this, this time? I mean, you've probably been hearing a lot of talk, as we have, about the, the potential for some liquidity constraint here as the Treasury General account needs to get replenished, and there's going to be a, a ton of bill issuance to do that on the order of about a trillion dollars. Um, waiting to see, you know, you know how that ultimately could impact the stock market if it does at all. But just the idea that it could is another one of those items that just sort of a hold back here when you're trading at the top end of a nine month trading range. Um, so, uh, you know, but the, you know, again, the other issue though too is that you, you get to the other side of, the, of a debt ceiling deal. Um, you know, you still have to contend with higher interest rates. Uh, you have to contend with the Federal Reserve that seems pretty adamant about uh, working to get inflation back down to its 2% target and uh, and indirectly seems to be targeting the, the labor market to help in that effort. Um, and that could, you know, potentially or seemingly translate into weaker consumer spending in the months ahead that leads to the lower growth and potentially, you know, downward revisions to earnings estimates. So kind of a lot in the pot here to stir and the market, you know, really, I, I don't think has a strong conviction here one way or the other, which is why we've been stuck in this trading range uh, and why you're seeing here, you know, some of the underperformance of late, certainly of these cyclical sectors, as we recognize that China's economic rebound hasn't necessarily lived up to uh, all of its potential. And at the same time, you get uh, reports in the United States uh, that suggest that you do have, uh, you know, uh, a bout of weakness uh, for some areas now and potentially in the future for more areas. Uh, you know, the leading economic index been down 13 months in a row. Uh, we saw in today's Chicago PMI report a really kind of ugly number there that was uh, through that manufacturing uh, survey deeper into contraction territory. Um, so, Again, it's just a lot of things stirring out there uh, that uh, that make it difficult to commit uh, with a lot of conviction here one way or the other. This is going to sound like a really dumb statement. Be prepared. The S&P <laughs> is doing very, very well, and that means that I'm implying Apple, Microsoft, um, NVIDIA, the big boys. But the S&P 490, i.e. not the top 10, 
we need to find some breath in there. We need to see some uh, some maybe the top 10 just take a pause for the rest of the year and the 490 start adding a little bit to the year. Do you buy into this that we're we're shifting too much of our focus on just 10 stocks and not on the other 490? Well, you know, a lot of people uh, have ownership in an S&P 500 index fund, right? right. And so if you need to exit that position today, no one's going to tell you, sorry, we're going to discount you by, you know, 20%, 20%, whatever, because only 10 stocks have led this game. No, I mean, you're up almost 9% year to date. And so that's money good in all respects. Um, one of the arguments, of course, that you're alluding to, I think, is, is, is that uh, is that when there's very narrow leadership, uh, it creates a lot of angst that uh, it can uh, easily come undone, perhaps, and you get a, a larger correction because there's just not enough support underneath those those stocks. And that, you know, what you're seeing in this broader market performance is, is a pretty lackadaisical performance that would suggest that there are bigger concerns out there. And so you've had just this gravitation toward these massive names that have good balance sheets, commanding leadership, you know, industry leading positions, and they're, they're safe havens, uh, you know, so to speak. Um, but, you know, you always ask me in this interview every week, um, you know, what I'm working on for the, for the big picture. And I think yes. you touched on um, one of the ideas I'm kicking, you know, turning over right now is this idea of, um, you know, what, what you really need to kind of see here to create a little bit more confidence that this move we've seen of late higher uh, is built to last is that, you know, what I would like to see as a market analyst is a healthy reallocation trade. Uh, that sees these mega cap stocks actually lose some ground, but the rest of the market uh, offset that decline by 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 basically benefiting from the reallocation out of mega caps into these other names that have trailed for so long. I think that would be an encouraging sign. We have not seen that uh, to this point. Um, you know, the equal weight S and P 500 down almost two percent year to date versus the S P 500 market cap weighted index. Uh, up close to nine percent year to date. So, um, so we'd like to see kind of a healthy rebalancing, if you will. Uh, but I'm not sure that that will will come to fruition as we continue to contend with uh, the Fed sounding very hawkish and uh, inclined, perhaps, to raise rates again. And uh, and as we continue to see some economic data, both here and abroad, uh, come in on the weaker side of things, that then these questions about how much you want to pay up for earnings uh, in the future. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple seconds to think about this one. Um, maybe tricks or hints that have worked in the past. And one of the tricks that has worked in the past is to buy discount automotive parts like advanced auto parts. They tend to do really, really well when we're heading into a recession. And in, I'm stealing it from your page one column this morning. They're not doing really, really well. Their shares are plummeting 30% after dismal results cut to outlook and dividend. But historically, you would think going into a recession, people are going to hold on their cars longer. They're going to um, not get a new car. They're going to get auto parts so they can keep their old car on the road. Uh, do you have any tricks that you like to call upon on a regular basis to say, um, 10% dips, for instance. There's been 104 10% dips in the stock market in the last 100 years, and there's been 104 times where they've come back to all-time highs. I like that stat. That kind of calms me. Do you have anything like that? Well, one thing, you know, I saw, you know, coming off of, uh, let's say, from 2021, kind of that peak period, you know, mm-hmm. we saw a lot of things unravel last year. 
Um, this might sound even more dire if you, you know, in terms of a, oh, of, no. a of a corrective move, but when you see a stock, uh, one of these industry leaders pull back 50%, right, from a prior high, um, even 60%, it's kind of, that really generally gets my, my attention as to say, okay, I think that, you know, we've, we've, uh, really have, uh, wrung out, you know, some of that speculative excess here. And that's where I start taking a, you know, closer look at, you know, at, at good companies that have just, uh, you know, probably didn't, really weren't warranted running up as high as they were and then probably didn't warrant the same type of treatment they got on the way down. And so we have seen a number of stocks, you know, bounce nicely from those types of, of, of well, bear market moves, frankly. Um, so just, yeah, something I keep an eye on. Um, and if I can real quickly on advanced auto parts, um, that sounds like it's more of a company-specific issue. You're right okay. that the auto parts retailers tend to do well in recessionary periods, but they had to invest a lot, it sounds like, to get more competitive on the pricing front with the likes of o- O'Reilly and AutoZone. And the good news in that, real quickly, is is it, it, it sounds almost like a disinflation or deflationary type of move, right, in terms of price prices there. So prices coming down for the for the consumer of those products, which is obviously what the Fed wants to see, and which is ultimately good for the for the consumer as well. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source for domestic and international news. I start my day every day with this page one. Very, very insightful stuff. Listen to it again on the podcast. You can find that at Rob Black Show podcast. This interview featured on the Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. If you'd like a list of the top ways to invest for your kids' savings for college, drop me an email at rob at robblackshow.com. Start saving for your kids' college years before they start thinking about going to college. 529 plans are interesting because every state has one and every state's plan is different. And you could invest in what I've invested in is the My 529 plan out of Utah. I did not choose to invest in California's scholarship share, scholar share 529. They're all be used for paying for your college costs. And they all grow tax, federal tax free. There's tax advantages with most of them. There's very little tax um savings in the short term, but it's kind of a long-term play. The My529 out of Utah, it has no opening balance. It's got four age-based options with various risk tolerance, which automatically rebalance every year. They've got 10 static options based on risk tolerance in U.S. stocks and bonds, two customizable options, either age or static-based. Fees are about 14 basis points. So if 100 basis points is 1%, 14 basis points is about one-tenth, a little bit more. Um, but I have a list of all the plans, like uh, the Bright Start College Savings out of Illinois, the College Advantage out of Ohio, the Michigan Education Savings Program, the Scholar Share 529 out of California, which is available to residents in any state. It offers low fees. It has diverse investment options. It has no minimums. It offers gifting platforms where givers can save their profile for future contributions. Some of the negatives are there are no tax benefits for the residents. There's performance is lower than others on the list. But if you want that list, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Um, retiring in California is something that I'm playing with the idea. It's not the best state to retire in, but it has some of the best things that I like doing. Uh, it's got tons of things for photographers. 
whether it's Yosemite, tourist attractions, hiking. Um, it's close to Mexico. It's close to Oregon, two areas I do want to visit in retirement. Californians consider tax friendly for retirees. Thanks in part to the lower tax rates for middle and lower income people. California doesn't tax social security income and the median property tax rate is not that high. Attractions for the state's smaller cities. Um, I like the small cities in California. They can get you into the woods. They can get you in the beaches. They can get you into the mountains pretty quickly. There's a lot of theater. There's a lot of music festivals. Um, and I want to do some of those things in retirement. With that said, there's a lot of delicious food. There's wineries. I don't play golf, but there's a lot of golf courses. These are things you need to start thinking about. What are you going to do in retirement? NVIDIA stock has more than doubled this year. A Citigroup analyst says it's still a buy. Um, it's down today. It's gained 169% for the year. It's a stock that I've been talking about with you for the last year as I bought it. And I tend to talk about a lot of the stocks that I own, and I tell you that I own them. Um, they've got an AI-powered chip called the GH200, the Grace Hopper Super Chip, the MGX Server. They've got new networking platform, Spectrum X. They've got software. They are not just a GPU company. So because they raised their guidance this year, this two weeks ago, their forward-looking PE is actually lower than it was three weeks ago. So I believe the stock can hit 400 pretty quickly, 410. Um, and then it starts becoming problematic, the evaluation. Do you want to take some profits today? You want to defend me. You wouldn't offend me. Um, just throwing that down there for you. Um, let's talk about what we're seeing. We're waiting for the debt ceiling deal. 530, there might be a vote tonight. As that comes into closer to fruition, you'll see the market grasp and deal with it. The Apple AR VR headset has had some leaks this week. So we're starting to get an idea of what it can and can't do. The screen on it is unbelievable. So it's basically 8K resolution, 4K micro OLED displays uh, a cumulative 8K resolution. It looks like it's going to be priced at $3,000. It should be released this fall. But I don't expect it to be a hit. I don't think Apple expects it to be a hit. It's a lot like the watch, though. When the watch first came out, it wasn't a smash hit, and now it's become the number one watch in America, number one watch in the United in the world, um, and it's not even close. The first year, we're like, I really need the internet on my phone, on my wrist, and then you slowly learn that you really don't do that. So we figured out health applications. They'll probably have a better sleep application this year. Down the road, they'll be checking for your diabetes and your blood sugar. They're working on all that stuff. But the Apple AR VR headset, it measures 1.4 inches each um, display. And they can do 8K resolution, PPI value of over 4,000 pixels per inch with claim brightness of 5,000 NITs. It would be far brighter than any competing product currently on the market. It would instantly jump over the Quest 2. Uh, the Quest 2 Pro, in fact, as well as Magic Leap. Um, Magic Leap 2, and it's not even close. The specs that they're releasing are going to be groundbreaking. 
Is it for you? I don't know. But you're going to be hearing about the Reality Pro probably on Monday um, of next week as the World Web uh, Developers Conference for Apple kicks off uh, worldwide. And uh, that should be kind of exciting, in my opinion. Let's take a look at the stock market today. As we're wrapping up, China's weaker than expected manufacturing is stoking growth concerns. There's lingering concerns about Fed policy after Cleveland Fed President Meester said there is no compelling reason to pause. So will they raise interest rates one more time? Most of us don't think so. And when I say most of us, money. Money saying that they're done. By the way, we're flowing money into bonds. Money. Ball don't lie. Money rarely lies. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Need a referral to a financial planner? Drop me an email, Rob at robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.